Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Wonderlust. I'm Jillian. And I'm Andrea. And this is the podcast where we share the things we wonder about over coffee and invite experts on to have a conversation about those things. We decided to create this podcast because in our day jobs as marketing professionals at Arco and Associates, we are constantly learning and researching about various industries and subject matters on behalf of our clients. So naturally, when questions pop into our heads in everyday life, we often feel compelled to research them and seek out credible sources that can weigh in on these things we're wondering about. And today we're wondering about narcissism and entrepreneurship. Is there a relationship between the two? Are entrepreneurs, by the very nature of believing in their own ideas enough to make a go of it, narcissists? Or are they simply confident individuals who believe they have something to offer the market? Is there a difference? I actually found a study published in October 2016 titled The Dark Triad of Nascent Entrepreneurship, an Examination of Unproductive versus Productive Entrepreneurial Motives. So in this study, an associate professor of entrepreneurship at Texas Christian University and an assistant professor at Deusto Business School in Spain examined the dark triad personality characteristics, which are narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism, and they studied what their relationship was to entrepreneurial intentions and motives. What they found was that narcissism is positively related to entrepreneurial intentions, All of the student entrepreneurs they studied scored significantly higher than other vocational groups on a measure of narcissism. And the results also indicated that narcissism is positively correlated with general self-efficacy, locus of control, and risk propensity, which are characteristics that entrepreneurs often demonstrate. So with that in mind, we've invited a psychiatrist, a strategic business coach and consultant, a leadership consultant, and a coach that focuses on multi-generational workplace dynamics to talk with us today and help satiate our wonderlust and determine what this relationship between narcissism and entrepreneurship actually means. So we're here with Dr. Paul Rashid, a board-certified psychiatrist and author of The Road to Recovery, which will be available for purchase soon through Amazon. You can find out more about Paul at Paul rashidmd.com and rashid is r-a-s-h-i-d so paul thanks for joining us on wonderlust today um can you start by defining entrepreneurship and narcissism for us and tell us from a psychiatrist's perspective about the potential overlapping characteristics absolutely and again thank you andrea for having me as a guest looking forward to our conversation um so um, let me just start with uh, narcissism, and before we dive in, I want to realize that um, we all have characteristics of narcissistic personality. Um, if we didn't, we probably wouldn't get out of bed and care for ourselves or our family members. So again, it's when it's, uh, it's on a continuum and a, a spectrum, and it's when uh, the spectrum is too far on the other end that it becomes dysfunctional not only for the individual, but the relationships, marriages, work, work relationships. So narcissism is defined as someone that has a grandiose sense of self-importance, ongoing need for admiration and lack of empathy, preoccupation with success and power, uh, believing that they're superior, strong, um, special or unique, uh, needing excessive entitlement, and sometimes even exploiting others for personal gain. And how would you define, you know, an entrepreneurial spirit? Or Yeah, entrepreneur, um, I think that would be anyone that has a vision, um, a, uh, a business uh, drive desire to uh, 
create something, um, usually kind of uh, starting with themselves. Um, and many times, if it's successful, you know, leads to businesses, organizations, etc. So it's possible, what I'm hearing you say is it's possible to have some traits of narcissism without having full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. Is that is that t- typically what we're dealing with with entrepreneurs? Because yeah, I, I, the short answer is, is probably yes. And uh, like you're saying, it's the overlap. So someone that has uh, a vision uh, to or a passion to, to engage in some uh, business uh, uh, on take is um, they're going to have narcissistic traits because they're going to be passionate about an idea. They're going to put in the hours to make that a reality. They're going to put in the money. They're going to make sacrifices. And so uh, if we look throughout history, the Henry Fords, the um, Steve Jobs, the Elon Musks, uh, these people have these qualities, the visions, the willpower, the sticking power, the grit to see this vision through. Now, these uh, similar people, though, they, they've also they've made huge changes in the world, in business, yet they wouldn't have been able to do that if they didn't have that hard-headed vision to challenge convention and be, you know, uh, have revolutionary ideas. On the other end, though, it, it, I'm sure that there, there's been stories about, you know, Steve Jobs and, and others that they've been difficult to work with. And, uh, and again, they'll see things. It's their way or the highway. And that can be at times dysfunctional um, and probably could be very challenging to work with. Uh, I, I recently uh, uh, read uh, Elon Musk's uh, biography and it talked about his, his ex- uh, excessive uh, perfectionism and his uh, strict adherence to deadlines and being very hard on his employees. Um, again, in some ways that could be uh, inspiring and, and keeping uh, the uh, timeline and, and goals on track. At the same time, uh, from my perspective, I would want to work in an organization or with or, or collaborate with someone that is also fostering my individual you know, mental health, um, work health, and being, you know, in a positive uh, work relationship as opposed to being feeling um, in an unhealthy relationship or even hostile, right. which, right. which a narcissistic person could could uh, demonstrate, yeah. Right. I mean, that, yeah, we're, that's why we're hearing all this stuff about, you know, corporate culture and work-life balance, and that's where all that comes into play. A, a, a true narcissist, you know, um, wouldn't necessarily... Um, have the best corporate culture for their employees. So if you had to, you know, if you had a chart and and on one side is the characteristics of a true narcissist, on the other side is characteristics of entrepreneurs, uh, what are the the five traits or the 10 traits that they share without being a full-blown mm. narcissist? They share. They would share um, a strong vision. They may challenge convention. Uh, again, they would have um, strong goal-oriented work ethic, maybe perfectionism. Um, I think some traits that what would it be like if it's you're dealing with a, a unhealthy narcissist? Can I go there? 
Yeah, you can totally go there. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at, at something right now that, that kind of compares the two. And, and what you're saying is it seems to be right on target. I mean, a, a strong vision and drive, um, you know, uh, perfectionism, you know, about uh, charisma. You know, entrepreneurs are often charismatic and so are narcissists. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah absolutely. And, and again, part of the charm, the initial charm of a narcissist is they come off as a, maybe a quick connection, very energetic. Um, there's that connection, and there may be that might be that false sense of overconnectedness. Which, when you get deeper in the work project or deeper in that relationship, you then see the more unhealthy uh, behaviors, or that, as we talked about earlier, that uh, manipulation. Tell us but, at what point does narcissism become a disorder um what characteristics um do you start seeing when you say okay this is unhealthy um and you're not mm -hmm. um, you're not on the productive side of the spectrum yeah as with most mental disorders uh personality disorders it's when it is inflexible it's maladaptive persistent um i think that that, that is a key trait is it's a persistence it's not going to be just in one little isolated domain of that person's life. It'll probably be throughout it. Like we said, um, maybe the entrepreneur that is really unhealthily so geared into the work that they're neglecting a lot of their, their social relationships, their uh, personal family relationships. Um, and and I, I would think, again, that if it's, if it's unhealthy, if there's... Um, Segregating, uh, talking down, berating, um, harassment of, of sorts is when it gets to the point where uh, it would be unhealthy. Um, so let's take the let's take the opposite view now, um, because as we're looking at you know the characteristics of true narcissists and the characteristic of characteristics of entrepreneurs, you know, some of the characteristics of narcissists would seem to be in direct opposition to uh, be becoming a, su a successful entrepreneur, such as, you know, he or she doesn't care about the consequences of his or her actions. They have a low stress tolerance. Well, you know, being an entrepreneur certainly is stressful. They're mm -hmm. easy to anger, you know, which doesn't uh, promote a positive work environment or, you know, environment with uh, patients, clients, or, you know, um, your other vendors. So uh, talk about it from that from that angle. You know, all the, if all the research is saying, yes, they do have overlapping characteristics, but there are so many characteristics of narcissists that would, you know, say these types of people with these characteristics would not be good entrepreneurs. So what, what do you what do you have to say about that? The successful entrepreneur is going to have the right amount of narcissism to fulfill their their vision and goals but not be blinded by their ego. You want the sweet spot to be a healthy balance of, I can do this, we're going to do this. Right. I think that's, that's a very important distinction. It's almost like being narcissistic about um, what your team has to offer the marketplace. It's like organizational narcissism as opposed to individual narcissism. <laughs> Maybe that, <laughs> it, you know, is... is is the key to success or something because um, I don't know that point is just um, seems very salient to me uh, that yeah, you, know, you hear things yeah. about family self-confidence as opposed to individual self-confidence and so maybe it's more of like an organizational self-confidence and narcissism versus the individual yeah I, I like how you kind of said that 
I think, so one of my thoughts about, you know, let's just say someone, uh, either the company that feels there might be someone who's narcissistic or someone's narcissistic and has just enough insight to realize maybe it's becoming a problem. What would be, what would be if someone came to me, what would I give them as advice, right? Right. And I think it's this outside perspective. It's, it's an awareness. Fascinating stuff from uh, from Dr. Rashid. Uh, it seems like the takeaway here is that uh, if you are a diagnosed narcissist, and I'm sure there have been many uh, diagnosed narcissists throughout the history that have been very successful entrepreneurs, the um, challenge is to harness the best qualities of the diagnosis and uh, try to temper the um, less desirable qualities, but that all entrepreneurs do have um, some overlapping traits with narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, Fascinating insight, Dr. Rashid. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, Dr. Paul Rashid, a board-certified psychiatrist and author of the book, The Road to Recovery, which will be available for purchase soon through Amazon. Find out more at paulrashidmd.com. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Andrea. Now we have Aaron Joy on the line. Aaron is a strategic business consultant and advisor to small to mid-sized business owners. She founded Black Dress Partners and executive coaching company. Uh, she's the producer of the Midwest Women Business Owners Conference. And Aaron is also currently pursuing her PhD in business psychology from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for joining Hi. us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess just start by telling us a little bit about what you've seen in your practice um, working with entrepreneurs and um, if you've noticed any uh, relationship between narcissism. Yeah, absolutely. I have. And I first have to say that I have, uh, generally speaking, have a really healthy base of clients, people who are mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, and really keep an eye on their mental and emotional health. I think that, you know, they know that they have tendencies. um, Maybe they don't call it narcissism, but they certainly have tendencies towards um, maybe being overly confident, which is a narcissistic trait, or having too high of a sense of belief in themselves. And so they do keep an eye on those traits. That's part of why they work with me is to help them stay grounded and focused and to be good leaders and good bosses. What we know about narcissism is that in entrepreneurship is that you know, many entrepreneurs do exhibit the traits of narcissism and it's, they, they're, it's called the the light side. There's a light side and a dark side to narcissism and the entrepreneurs that are successful, um, you know, want to stay focused on the light side and careful about over kind of overextending themselves and dipping into the dark side where, where, their confidence becomes a detriment to the organization versus a strength. Sure. So, yeah, one of the things that um, Paul just told us um, was that every single person has um, is in some way a little bit of a narcissist. Otherwise, we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning and take care of ourselves. Um, so, yeah, and, and it's a spectrum. So, um, yeah, would you agree with that, that every person, not only entrepreneurs, have um, are on that spectrum at some level? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you may have talked about this with Paul, the term is really overused, I think. Um, The research that I've done and and, uh, have seen myself is that people use narcissism and narcissist uh, really in a commonplace way as if it's the same thing as narcissistic personality disorder. And they're two really distinct things. You know, someone who has to Paul's point, um, everyone has a little bit of narcissism in them, a little bit of, um, you know, over self-confidence or grandiosity about what they might be able to accomplish in their life. Um, but having a personality disorder where the narcissism has completely taken over to the dark side is a totally different thing. And, um, you know, I, fi- I find it a real misnomer that people throw the, the term around the way that they do when I think that, um, you know, there's just a big difference between a little bit of narcissism and the true personality disorder. That's a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Would you say that all I mean, I know you work with, uh, you know, hundreds and, and over your career, you've worked with probably thousands of business owners um, running companies you know, bringing in one to $50 million. Um, what are there, have you seen differences are, are, you know, generally um, on the lower end of that revenue spectrum? Are those um, entrepreneurs more narcissistic or on the higher end, are they more narcissistic? Kind of anything that you've noticed in your work in terms of trends with this correlation? Well, I'll tell you what I've noticed that I think is is interesting is that there there are folks who set out to be entrepreneurs, um, myself included. I just always knew I was going to have my own company. I was going to work for myself. I've never really worked for anyone else. And I have a lot of clients who fall into that category. Maybe they were working with other employers and they knew they could do it better. And so they may trend more towards Again, going back to that spectrum, they're not, they don't have a personality disorder, but they would show higher traits, higher narcissistic traits around risk taking, the ability to be hyper focused, um, an unusual sense of belief in themselves. So that's one category that I see of small business owners. Those folks tend to have a certain edge about them. They, they tend to um, need to temper their personality a bit. And um, sometimes they know that, sometimes they don't. Sometimes that's what they hire me for. And I tell them <laughs> that they may need to temper their personality to grow because you know, people aren't real inspired by, um, by some of their behaviors. Then there's another group of people that I work with where they never intended to own a small business. They never intended to be an entrepreneur. They kind of stumbled into it. And um, I see much fewer uh, narcissistic personality traits in those folks and uh, more, far more need to boost their self-confidence and the vision and the possibilities of what they can accomplish. So what kind of what I'm hearing is that in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you do kind of have to harness some of those positive qualities um, of narcissism. Oh, I think so completely. When you really break it down and look at look at what those qualities are, let's and we'll just, you know, to recap some of them, the risk-taking behavior, the ability to be hyper-focused, the need to be it all in all the time, almost slightly obsessed with what you're out to accomplish. You, you know, you want to harness those things to help grow your business. 
So I, I, I agree with your assessment there, Jillian, that to be successful, you've got to have some of these traits. So, you know, I know in part of your work, you have facilitated roundtables with these business owners. And so I'm just wondering, you know, if you have a bunch of uh, narcissists in the room, let's just say, and maybe they're not all diagnosed, but they share similar characteristics. How do you navigate that situation so that everybody isn't all talking at once and talking about their own companies and, and you know, sharing valuable information? G- give me that perspective. Um, that's a great question. I think the difference is that do we have narcissists in the room? That would be, to me, that would be people who have the full-blown personality disorder, or do we have normal, high-functioning, really driven entrepreneurs who are on a spectrum of having some narcissistic traits and um, varying degrees of those? And so I don't have people who have the a true personality disorder. We have high-functioning, healthy individuals who are really um, aware. They, they have a high self-awareness, and they know how they're coming off uh, in, in the room and with the other business owners that they're sitting around the table with. And they're in a safe space where it's not competitive, and they don't have um, a real focus on as an as someone with a true personality disorder would have they don't have the focus on you know their personal appearance power vanity prestige like someone with a personality disorder would but there are certainly entrepreneurs that do have narcissistic personality disorder and if that were the case um what what advice would you give to them um to succeed in their business um, as far as, you know, is it hiring a leadership team that makes up for those negative qualities or is there a way to, um, you know, work around it and overcome the negative aspects? Yeah, it's it's the work with a great therapist. And um, so, you know, one of the issues with someone that has narcissistic personality disorder is that they don't really suffer from their disorder. So unlike someone that has anxiety and depression, who they themselves are suffering, uh, narcissistic personality disorder, it's the people around them that suffer. So surrounding themselves with a leadership team, those folks tend to burn out or become unhealthy themselves in some codependent behaviors where they're catering to that narcissist uh, all the time. And that's not helping the company grow at all. So it's really working with a PhD level therapist, psychotherapist who has training in the cluster B personality disorders, which is where narcissistic personality disorder lives and getting help to temper that, well, to treat that personality disorder. And I'll tell you, it's disappointing, but it's the evidence shows it's really hard to treat. Right, right. What do you, uh, you mentioned before that, you know, some of your clients that you work with um, show more of those characteristics and some show less. And um, you are working with each group in different ways, you know, each individual in different ways on how to either tone it down or ramp it up um, in order to be successful in in leading their company. So give us some uh, strategies that you've used with the people who are maybe are, are display more um, of those characteristics and then the strategies uh, that you use with clients who need to display more of those characteristics. Sure. 
Yeah, two things come to mind uh, right away. One thing for each group. The the clients that I work with that might be a little too self-absorbed and too focused on themselves, concerned about power and prestige, uh, I really get them focused on contributing, excuse me, contributing to the people around them. So uh, many entrepreneurs got into uh, their line of work because they know they can do it better. They know they can make a difference in the world and they could lose sight of that and have it become all about them. So kind of flipping things around and frequently and routinely talking about the difference that they want to make, even the difference they want to make with their employees and how do they need to shift their approach to make that difference. That's the approach I usually take with folks who might be trending too far into self-absorption and narcissism. Um, And then on the other end, folks folks who are lacking in confidence and much lower on this on the spectrum it's a similar it's actually a similar approach getting them focused on the difference that they can make but also looking at and really amping up what are their strengths and what you know what positive impact are they making in the world in their on their organization in their industry and what are their successes how could we build their confidence by looking at what they've accomplished It could be something like just the fact that they were able to buy the company or start the company or the growth that they're seeing, even while they're not at their at their best yet. And they're already growing like this. Focusing on those positive things can really build someone's confidence as well as um, get having them exposed to other healthy, successful small business owners. That really makes a big difference when folks see, hey, I'm not alone. And I guess I don't I don't have to be this full-blown raging narcissist who's all about myself, but I could turn up the heat a little bit and that that's okay. That's safe and, and it's actually probably smart and healthy for my company. Right. So would you say and there's anomalies to to this, I'm sure as there are anomalies to everything in life, but would you say really in your work that to be a successful entrepreneur, you must have some overlapping characteristics with the narcissistic personality disorder? I, I do say that. I do say that. And um, I chuckle a little bit as I say it simply because it's so misunderstood. And narcissist uh, or narcissism is used simultaneously at like it's the same thing as the personality disorder. And it's not. They're two completely different things. Have you found at all in your experience with working um, with entrepreneurs that the further they go into entrepreneurship or the more successful they get, um, do they start leaning more towards that dark side of narcissism? I know. I think in, uh, quite the contrary. They lean away from it because if, if they're truly becoming successful, the kind of successful that probably the three of us would describe is those that they're making a positive contribution, that they are um you know, having a positive impact on their industry, their community, their employees, their family, that it's because of a raised self-awareness. It's not just that their company is making more money and has a, a, a stronger market share, but true success would include a higher level of self-awareness and emotional emotional regulation that would trend away from unhealthy narcissistic traits versus towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, fascinating. We so appreciate you being here and taking time with us today. 
Erin Erin Joy with Black Dress Partners and the Midwest Women Business Owners Conference, a strategic business consultant and advisor to small to mid-sized business owners. We thank you for joining us on Wonderless today, Erin. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. All right. Joining us now is Deborah Leanne. She has an MBA, a leadership coach, a consultant, a trainer, and a speaker on the topic of authentic leadership. You can find more about De- about Deborah at Deborah Leanne. That's L E E A N N dot com. Um, so thanks for joining us, Deborah. We're excited to have you. My pleasure. Thanks. Um, it's fun to be here. Great. In your training, what have you found to be the characteristics of a successful leader? <laughs> um, it's so much easier to speak about what's not successful because there's such a wide range of uh, of types of leaders. You know, some are more intro- introverted, some are more extroverted. But one of the things that I find is that they're constantly wanting to learn and grow and that they surround themselves with um, people that they can learn and grow with and that they listen to and take their advice from. Um, so I would say that those are two of the main things. Um, and, and they also are a self-aware. There's a part of them that is very clear what they're good at. They know that. And they also know where they, uh, where it's just, it's just not their, not their thing. And then what they are smart enough to do is then they call in those people that can be the experts in that area to round out their team, so to speak, you know? Right. They have offense and defense and everything plugged in. Right. So that's very interesting because, you know, people with true narcissistic personality disorder, they're they're not, they kind of, um, part of that grandiose uh, perception is that they they think they know all that there is to know, right? And so they're not motivated to learn and grow and or surround themselves with people that will help them learn and grow. And so um, I guess just talk to me a little bit about how now we know and the research shows that successful entrepreneurs do share characteristics of narcissists. And so talk to me about that. How do you when you're working with with leaders, um, how do you cultivate that in people who maybe are trending more towards the dark side (laughs) of narcissism, you know? Oh, there's so many examples I can think of right now. Um, our president right now, who could be considered, some people would say, a narcissist. And what we're seeing is an example of when people say, well, how about this? And what about this? And they try to show him things from different directions. He's not always that open. And, you know, you can make your your thoughts around that. But um, what I find successful is if they surround themselves with people that they do trust and listen to, they can somehow get through that veneer. And what ends up happening is, um, an example is the, the mom in my, my big fat Greek wedding. She was always the engineer behind all of the great ideas, but she would whisper it in, his, in her husband's ear in a way that a week or so later he'd say, I have this great idea, and it would, <laughs> it would come out as his idea. So what they have done is a lot of times they can be successful because of who is in their inner circle. And, um, but that doesn't mean that they're all that likable. And I doubt that they would be the kind of person that would say, I would like to have a 360 leadership assessment because they don't want it. They don't care what others think of them, which is a good thing. Right. Right. And it's also 
not so great depending on if you don't care, what other, if you're not asking what your customers think of you and you walk all over them, that's not a good thing either. So there's two ways to look at that. And I know people that have been extremely successful who are extremely narcissistic, but I only know a handful. Hmm. And especially in this day and age, it's shifting. The consumer, um, there's a, uh, the partners, the people, the millennials going to the workforce, they don't buy that stuff anymore. They're like, mm, nope, I want a place where I know where I stand, where I can contribute, where my thoughts and my projects are making a difference, and I want to be recognized for that. You know, I'm not going to do something and then have you take credit for it. And because of that, we have to shift. Right. So, so um, you know, I think it's it's indisputable, you know, and the research is there that entrepreneurs uh, share some some traits with narcissists. And so it's this awareness and this, um, you know, kind of trending on the light side of narcissism and this awareness and ability and willingness to grow that will separate the good from the great. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, fo- folks often come to you for empowerment and lessons on leading more effectively. Um, so, you know, if most of the entrepreneurs are sharing characteristics with, with narcissists, this seems kind of counterintuitive because, you know, aren't they, aren't they already, uh, don't they already feel empowered, right? Because they think uh, that what they're doing is right and what they have to deliver to the marketplace is great and the best. And so, so how do you work with those people? And, and tell me why, why maybe that's not counterintuitive. I know narcissists who know they're narcissists who say, okay, I tend to act like I know it all. However, I'm learning, I'm getting feedback now that this isn't working. And now it's time for me to, if you tell me what it is I need to work on, it may take me a while to swallow that and let my ego digest it. <laughs> and then I can, I can, I can um, maybe take that in. One of the points that Erin made when we just spoke with her was that people with true narcissistic personality disorder typically don't suffer from their own disorder. It's the people around them that suffer. Um, So do you have a way of kind of assessing, um, you know, you can't, you generally probably can't tell from a first impression if someone has narcissistic personality disorder, but um, how do you kind of assess and your clients specifically um, if they are treading too far on that dark side? It would happen probably early on in our relationship when we started talking about why they want the coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, why are they looking at an outside consultant? Why do they want an outsider's view? If they're like, I just want somebody to back me up on this is the way I see the world, then I probably wouldn't want to work with them because I want to work with people who are saying, you know what, I can't see beyond this on my own. I need another perspective. Mm-hmm. then that's the person I want to work with. So I would probably easily early on determine how willing are they to change or do they just want to keep doing what they're doing and, and gather more people that say, are saying, you're doing great, you're doing great. That's not my thing. Yeah, that's not, yes I, I'm, I think most of us, yeah, we don't want to work in businesses or work with clients who are not willing to go to that. What is the new next space that they want to go to? Right. You know? Right. Interesting. Thank you so much, Deborah Leanne, leadership coach, consultant, trainer, and speaker on the topic of authentic leadership. Again, you can find more about her at DebraLeanne.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you, Andrea. 
Our final expert joining us today is Tim Dean. Tim is a certified coach with a specialty in multi-generational workplace dynamics and millennials, and he is also the author of Coaching Millennials, which is available now on Amazon, and the founder of Coaching Dean. Hi, Tim. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, Jillian. Andrea, how are you? We're doing great. So we actually just got off the phone uh, with a, another expert on this topic, a business coach, and she just shared with us that um, one of the things she's seen among her clients is that the millennial generation actually is showing less signs of care or of narcissism in the uh, in the context of entrepreneurs. So you know, looking at entrepreneurs who are in their sixties versus entrepreneurs who uh, are maybe in their twenties, um, you know, there there's less of an overlap, which is it's kind of counterintuitive, right? To to what we've all been hearing. You know, everybody was is like down on the millennials, they're entitled and self centered right. and all of those things. So you would think they would trend more on the the dark side of narcissism. So we we kinda wanted to it was a nice segue to you joining us on the program and we wanted to get your thoughts on that. No, and I appreciate that. And it, that is a fascinating perspective because, I mean, you're right on the surface. It does kind of uh, go against what would be your typical stereotype of, of course, millennials get the kind of bad rap, actually, of being considered the me, me, me generation or the entitled, et cetera. Um, but in the context of entrepreneurs, that is an interesting uh, observation, uh, certainly from your prior caller. That'd be, uh, I, I certainly can. Uh, follow that given what an entrepreneur goes through and and to be fair uh, kind of staying on some of the older generations briefly is uh, there's a lot of just new definitions of what success is for all ages so there's new markers for success if you will where people that are in their 40s even or even in their 50s or older are maybe even relaunching a career or finally launching that dream business that they've always had in their back pocket or mind for 30 years that maybe after years in corporate, they finally have uh, the, the finances, certainly the power, the and even the uh, the confidence, if you will. But it, it can be daunting, certainly, to launch any business, as we all know. So that, that is interesting that I could certainly uh, follow that uh, of any age. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, there's definitely going to be some overlap of narcissism because uh, just in terms of what it, it, it is about, I mean, it's literally just thinking of how does this reflect? How does this business fit? How will it be responded to? How will it be accepted or not? So that certainly turns the spotlight back internally uh, on a more ongoing basis. So I follow that. Right. So, you know, I think I think it's indisputable. All of our experts, you included and the research, you know, says there's there's definitely overlap between entrepreneurial characteristics and narcissistic characteristics. Um, you work with lots of millennials, um, some of whom probably have plans to or have started their own companies. And um, so do you see a difference? Are they showing more or less of these narcissistic uh, characteristics? And that's a great question, and I'm going to uh, start by saying, um, in general, and I and you are right, I do a lot of uh, speeches on generational differences. In general, any younger generation will tend to be more narcissistic than their elders anyway. So even under uh, normal or typical generational cyclical uh, society, uh, it's just it's just a fact that. Uh, any younger generation is more of a me generation simply because they haven't experienced all the years of uh, wisdom, et cetera, 
that their elders have. What makes the millennials, however, unique is because of a lot of their upbringing, uh, and that might be for a different podcast, they're, they're delaying a lot of uh, what others would consider adult decisions much later into their 20s, meaning the, and I, I reference a survey often where millennials are asked, what age do you become an adult? And the number one answer that millennials themselves gave is 30. So mm-hmm. you can imagine people in their 40s, 50s, baby boomers thinking, oh my gosh, by age 30, I was X, da, 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 da. But millennials are literally using their 20s for exploration, for dabbling, for seeing what they like, uh, maybe moving back home, maybe not, really just exploring things and therefore delaying uh, other uh, life events. Um, so that certainly makes that millennial uh, generation um, more uh, uh, conducive, if you will, for sustaining more of that narcissism for maybe a longer time. And right. So, so when you add that layer of you're a millennial and you're an entrepreneur, do you see, so maybe like in general, yes, they display more narcissistic characteristics. And then, so when you add the layer of being an entrepreneur, are those um, more highlighted or pronounced or what have you seen in your practice? Um, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, a little bit. And you are correct. I mean, What's really a plus around millennials to counter some of the negative stereotypes is they are very entrepreneurial. They have a they have a given entrepreneurship uh, mindset. So even if they're working for a big company, they want to be involved with something that feels entrepreneurship in their activities. And you're right; those therefore that venture off and start their own business and clients that I've coached uh, definitely uh, add that extra layer of some un- more uncertainty, still trying to, quote, find themselves. Uh, it, it's almost a juxtaposition of this uh, uh, draw uh, and, you're, you're, uh, and heading towards uh, a passion of, gosh, I just feel like I want to make an impact, make a difference, have a cause. I, therefore, want to start a business that does that with just every all the noise around them that is... Uh, just challenging confidence, challenging self-awareness, challenging um, or, or building self-doubt. Uh, no, no, de- de- there's definitely, it's, you're right, it, it, and I think you said the perfect word, it just adds another layer uh, to just the whole experience. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you said um, that millennials don't consider themselves to be adults until later in life, yet many of them are more entrepreneurial and want to start businesses at a younger age. So what would you say? Is there, do you think that there's a disconnect between, um, you know, having, being an adult and having what it takes to run your own business? What would you say to that? Oh, no, a, a excellent observation. In terms of the adults, I, I think it would be uh, primarily identified by the typical things that are defined by being an adult. Uh, at least in the past, uh, getting married, buying your own home, maybe having a family, those type of things. And w- what's really, uh, I think, um, encouraging is, and the potential is off the chart, is you have all these millennials, in fact, that are using their 20s to do just that, focus on causes, focus on business, focus on launching maybe an idea, focus on startups, wanting to work at a startup. So 
the, the, the potential seems kind of unlimited. But in terms of, um, for example, getting married, uh, and by age 30, um, and I'm just going to share a quick stat, um, 64% of traditionalists, and those are the individuals that are in their 70s and 80s now, were married by age 30. Half of boomers were married by age 30. Gen Xers, uh, 38%, and only 28% of millennials are married by age 30. Hmm. So that's a pretty significant drop, even from boomers. That's almost in half. Right. So right. that, therefore, has create. it's not better, it's not worse, it's just different. And that difference has, again, created and provided opportunity with challenges that are different. Um, that uh, is pretty fascinating. Right. Uh, yeah, I just, I find it, to Jillian's point, I find that fascinating that they're equating, you know, getting married and, and having a child with, um, with as being an adult, but maybe starting a business as not an, ad, an adult-like endeavor, you know, um, based on that research. So that's fascinating to me. So uh, let's switch gears for a second. And, and, you know, narcissists rarely, you know, in the characteristics, when you look at what defines a narcissist, they rarely ask for help. But entrepreneurs tend to seek out coaches and, and masterminds and groups all of the time, you know, as you're familiar with, and, you know, your client base is consists, consists of these people. So how do you reconcile this fact with the fact that, you know, narcissists and entrepreneurs share many characteristics? And, and you bring up an excellent point, and this is something that's so uh, encouraging as well. And you are right in the, in the general terms, narcissists, tend to be, uh, you're right, not asking for help. What's really great about um, and uh, different about millennials is they are the best collaborators. They are the best team players because they constantly uh, want to uh, search out and love input. Uh, they're, they're just, think of it, they're, there was some study I saw where upwards of 70, 75% of millennials feel good about a decision when they know their friends agree with it. So they're very much um, socially uh, driven uh, with thinking, with input, uh, and that's what that's what makes um, a good entrepreneur. Uh, I would certainly <laughs> attest to is having that uh, mindset uh, literally since birth. I mean, because they've been coached since birth because of their parents. Uh, therefore, they're immediately open, more so, certainly more immediately open to just. Okay, uh, I've run into a roadblock. Um, yes, I'm struggling maybe with some of this narcissism, but it's just in my DNA that I will seek seek out input from like-minded people. So, do you think that that could possibly have a negative impact on entrepreneurship? Um, because what we've been hearing is that one of the positive um, attributes of narcissism that entrepreneurs also often have um, is this self assurance and being, um, you know, very. Um, knowing that what you have to offer the market is the best and that's why you're doing what you're doing. So if, um, you know, if millennials are constantly seeking positive feedback, can the, can that be harmful, um, you know, when they can't just make that decision on their own? In an entrepreneurial context. Right, right. right. And, and just to, to categorize that, it, 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 could, it could be all feedback, not just positive. But you bring up an excellent point where because of just the environment uh, and technology and kind of the persona millennials have been uh, put out there online, social platforms, et cetera, that um, they're, they're much more cautious and, uh, and you're right. So they're, they're, the confidence is a little wobbly. <laughs> so, and that, that is an extra ex excellent point where 
you, you see or hear entrepreneurs of, okay, fail 10 times, keep going. So you wonder how many millennial entrepreneurs aren't giving it its quote, 10 times due, if you will, uh, simply because of, uh, their lack of confidence. No, that, that is a, that's a interesting, um, point on that. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> do you think that, that, that they're teachable uh, millennials, especially that you can teach the good characteristics of narcissism in order um, to shape a better leader. Um, or do you have to be in your experience? Do you have to be born with those qualities? And this is assuming that there is a relationship, uh, which, you know, based on, on our interviews today and the research we've done, there's, there's definitely a relationship between narcissism and entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial it, spirit. Right. Right. It, it, from what I've learned from some years at an HR consulting company, there are hand, there's dozens of competencies or skills that you mentioned. Uh, the, the, several are teachable. Uh, others, though, are not teachable. For example, adaptability or initiative. Those are not teachable characteristics. Uh, where uh, some leadership skills are, communication skills certainly are. There's other teachable competencies that anyone can be taught, millennials included. However, it's recognizing which ones are not. And if, for example, there's a characteristic of narcissism and entrepreneurs that is valued and beneficial, then I would look and think, wait, is that a teachable or non-teachable competency? If it's not, then certainly for startups looking for talent, I would then think, well, that might be a red flag. Uh, Lots to think about. Awareness, perception, uh, millennials potentially being um, more willing to reach out for help um and you know characteristics some are teachable some are not so we 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 so thank you for joining us today uh tim again tim um certified coach the author of coaching millennials available on amazon and the founder of coaching dean thank you tim thank you both so much well i would say that our wanderlust has certainly been satisfied today don't you think andrea Absolutely. I think our hypothesis has been confirmed that to be a successful entrepreneur, you kind of have to be a narcissist in all of the best ways. Um, But you also have to embody the qualities that narcissists usually don't have, like empathy and patience. Well, we so appreciate the time and knowledge our experts have shared with us today. If there's anything you've been wondering about or would like us to explore on the next episode, or if you have any questions or comments about this episode of Wonderlust, you can let us know at podcastwonderlust at gmail.com, and that is Wonderlust spelt with an O. And remember, make time to wonder. <laughs>